Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Ministry Church Assembly. Pastor Kevin Honeycutt and his special daughter Stephanie were with us, and Pastor Kevin ministered on Saturday night, knocked it out of the ballpark. We had an amazing time. What a refreshing from the Lord to be able to have brothers that can come and minister to the body of Christ here at New Wine Ministries. We had, I had a phenomenal Father's Day. What a blessing. What love. What gracious love was displayed at the New Wine Ministry Fellowship. I mean, the people just demonstrated their love in such a special, simple, real, genuine way. And I was just absolutely floored. Some very, very special gifts from those that really, really were appreciative of the ministry. And I was so deeply honored. And I'm so thankful. I mean, who deserves such honor as that but God? God alone, Jesus Christ alone, and yet the body showed their love, and it was special, it was wonderful, and in the midst of our having a celebration, in the midst of our uh, festival, if you will, we believe that we are in four months of harvest. These are going to be the greatest four months in this particular season of people's lives. There are many seasons to come. There are many seasons ahead of us. We're going to be, we're all moving towards that great eternal season. You know what I'm talking about? The day where there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more crying. There's not going to be any more death. I mean, we're moving towards a season that will never end. But in this economy, on this earth, from season to season, 
we experience different blessings in the kingdom economy. And for those that sowed their Passover offering, those that gave their Shavuot offering to the Lord, I am confident that the next four months of their lives is going to be reaping not only the financial blessings, not only the physical things, but there is going to be an internal harvest of righteousness as well. So four months of harvest, I declare it to all who believe and have put their faith into action in Yeshua's name. May today be one of those days of the four-month harvest. We're no longer waiting for anything. Call it forth right now. And each one of us that have been called into the kingdom and have put our hand to a plow, we are plowing through. There's nothing in our way that can turn us back, and we're certainly not looking back. We are plowing through everything, and we're making inroads into the kingdom of God, into eternal life. And I love this scripture coming out of Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. You know that Old Testament scripture there, that prophecy was fulfilled in the book of Acts. And the Jerusalem and the Zion spoken of here is the spiritual Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, as recorded in Galatians chapter 4. We don't need to go to a physical city in the Middle East to get the deliverance that we're looking for. But in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. We know in Hebrews chapter 12 that we have come to Mount Zion. Believers from all over the world have come to a spiritual mountain called Zion. We've come to the heavenly Jerusalem that's the kingdom, that's the, the ecclesia, that's the church. And in the church, in the ecclesia, made up of Jew and Gentile, by the way, of all races, of all mankind, that's where we find the deliverance of the Lord. So be a partaker of what God has called you to. The work is finished. The work is done. God doesn't need to do another thing. All we need to do is execute the judgment that has been written against the powers of darkness. And all we need to do is put on what Christ has given us freely to put on. So be encouraged today that regardless of what's going on in the world, and there's a lot going on in the world today, that in the kingdom of God, the temperature is 82 and sunny with a gentle breeze, and there's no stormy weather in sight in the kingdom. In other words, God has settled his king in Mount Zion. The kingdom of God is a sure foundation, and those who run into it will be stable in the day of the great shaking. So, Get your mind, get your soul, get your body, get your spirit aligned with the kingdom of heaven and the king of heaven, and you're going to be just fine regardless of what goes on in this world. An internal peace, an internal environment of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Shout to the Lord and let all the people of God say amen and amen. In just a moment, my dear friend and brother, Pastor Jeff Bass, is going to be calling into the broadcast. We have approximately one hour to share the things that uh, God has put on his heart. And Pastor Jeff, when you're ready, we're going to wait for you to press one on your dial pad. You'll come right into the broadcast. And so we're looking forward to that. 
Let me say good morning to Brother Kevin Hauger this morning. God bless you, Pastor, Brother Kevin. Did I just call you Pastor? I don't know what's going on. That's just, what is that? Anyways, hello, Kevin. He's a pastor in the sound booth, I'll tell you that. Amen. Pastor Jeff, good morning to you, sir. Waiting for your call coming in. Sister Laquita Sizemore, good morning, pastors. Good morning, Laquita. God bless you. Scott Rivers is with us this morning. Hello, Scott. God bless you. Blessings and love. Amen. Reciprocated to you as well. Pastor Melissa Fletcher, one of our guest speakers for the Feast of Tabernacles. She and her husband, Chad, will be joining us for the Feast of Tabernacles. We're excited. Pastor Kevin Honeycutt said yesterday he'd be joining us. Lord willing, if everything stays normal, that is, uh, we'll all be gathering together for the Feast of Tabernacles. He'll be one of our speakers. And by the way, we put a call in to Brother Daniel Seckham in Australia. Daniel's doing fine, and he is also going to be joining us for the Feast of Tabernacles, barring any problems that would arise. But right now, the unvaccinated in Australia are now allowed to fly internationally. So we're looking forward to that. We're not uh, you know, I think God has a great plan, and I think the speakers that he's bringing in for the Feast of Tabernacles uh, are intrinsic to his purpose for the saints of God in northwest Arkansas. Feast of Tabernacles will be celebrated all over the world from Jerusalem, Israel, which is one of my great dreams on one of these Feast of Tabernacles to be in Jerusalem, and I'm not sure which one it's going to be, but right now it looks like we're going to be hosting once again here but from Jerusalem, Israel, to the islands of the sea, to all the different continents on the earth, in all different cities, states, countries, the Feast of Tabernacles will be celebrated. The Feast of Tabernacles is one of those feasts that has never been fulfilled and will actually exist during the 1,000-year millennial reign. And it's during that Feast of Tabernacles, we believe that's the wedding feast. We believe that the trumpet will sound, the dead in Christ will rise, those alive and remaining will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and then we believe we're going to a wedding feast. And that is the exact type and shadow of the fall feast. The trumpets will blast. Then comes the Feast of Tabernacles. Mamma mia, what a great time already unveiled in Scripture. We're looking forward to that. And it's our great hope. And what we're doing right now is we're getting ourselves prepared for the bride has made herself ready. We're putting on Christ. We're putting on the new creation. We're putting on the new man putting off the old. This is in preparation for the day the trumpet will sound and that we will be invited and we're going to the wedding feast. Will you be a guest or will you be the bride? It's a great question, isn't it? Only God knows. But I know that if we labor to keep our hearts pure like wise virgins, keep our hands clean, keep our minds clean, and allow for the metamorphosis of transformation to take place in our lives, we're going to be a prepared people. Who knows? who may be listening right now that will be part of the bride company. Wow, the glorious church without spot and wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. What a hope we have in the midst of a corrupt world that is dying from the inside out. Well, without further delay, let me bring into the broadcast my dear friend, our brother in the Lord, Pastor Jeff Bass. He's got a message for us today, some good information. Let's bring him onto the air right now. Pastor Jeff, good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning, Pastor Vincent. I'm doing excellent. I hope you are, too. Pastor Jeff, I'm doing great. Did you have a wonderful Father's Day? Yes, I did. I was truly blessed by uh, the members of our congregation and uh, even more so by my uh, lovely wife and uh, great son. They, they blessed me, treated me like a king, 
prepared a great meal, gave me gifts, and I just had a good time, ate, and uh, took a nap. <laughs> I love it. It sounds perfect. Boy, wives really do know how to make Father's Day special, don't they? Wow, it's amazing. They do, they do. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right, Pastor Jeff, we've only got right now uh, 48 minutes, uh, and I want you to take your freedom. And uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, we just had an urgent thing happen yesterday, and I'll start off with this. You take it from there. Uh, yesterday, around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, we received a phone call from uh, Pastor Kevin Honeycutt while he was here, and we had spent the day together, and he received a phone call from the church in Tennessee where he pastors in his county, and it was made known to him that there had been 12 letters written to 12 different pastors in 12 different churches in his county um, that anybody that goes to church next weekend will be shot and killed or firebombed, whether they are men, women, or children. Now, that's happening in the state of Tennessee. It was on the news. The sheriff came forward. Whatever these letters are that are being sent, that's on the heels of Jane's Revenge, this domestic terrorist far-left organization, domestic terrorist organization, Jane's Revenge, who swore vengeance on white uh, conservative Christians or conservative uh, branches of Christianity, white supremacy, whatever they want to call it, that anybody that was against abortion, any churches against abortion are now the target. And they made that very clear. So I'm going to stop right there. Twelve letters in Tennessee. They're spreading about warning people about going to church, trying to strike fear. Uh, Jane's Revenge is part of that. We have all kinds of other things going on. Pastor Jeff, share with us, unload what you have, let us digest it. In Jesus' name, what do you think? Okay, uh, if I if I may, first of all, I always thank you for having me on. Uh, it's an honor to be here, and I always try to be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I know we don't have a lot of time, but we I do believe we need to make time to do a quick prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity and this platform to inform these your people, God, of what's going on, God. Father, we thank you that the eyes of those who hear this will be uh, open to see, the ears to hear, the heart to receive what is coming forth uh, straight from you through your uh, men of God to uh, uh, give it to them, God. And we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank God. Amen. And amen. amen. Holy Spirit, have your way. All right, let's have go. Your way, Holy Spirit. Yeah, uh, the first thing is it's ironic that, you know, you mentioned Tennessee because I have my list of, of uh, talk about, and quickly, one of the things, though, I didn't have the the, the situation about the churches, but I was going to give this to you last week, and I know we had some situations there. But uh, this is for uh, an article that came out last week. It says, don't pick up folded dollar bills because they may contain fentanyl, Tennessee sheriff says. Authorities in Tennessee are warning residents not to pick up discarded folded dollar bills because they because they may contain fentanyl. And quickly, I want to interject. I remember years ago, you know, uh, people used to play little pranks. They would put like a quarter or something on the ground and have some, some gum under the bottom of it and joking and stuff like that. But now uh, this article is saying that, that the um, uh, Tennessee sheriff in Perry County, Perry County Sheriff's Office, said they were, there were two incidents where a white powdery substance was found inside folded bills left on the floor of a local gas station. They tested the powder and came back positive for 
uh, uh, fentanyl, the sheriff's officer said. Uh, this is a this is very dangerous, folks. He said, "Please share and educate your children not to pick up the money." Sheriff Nick Ween said, "Quote: I personally plan to push for legislation for a bill that would intensify the punishment if someone is caught using money as a carrying pouch for such poison. It enrages me as a father and the sheriff that people can act so carelessly and have no regard for others' well-being, especially a child." Ween said the office was looking for whoever was responsible. For leaving the bills, he couldn't be reached for comment last Tuesday, but the warning also was shared by another county in Tennessee by the Giles County Sheriff's Office, which told people to be aware also and to be safe. The office, located about 80 miles from Perry County, said that even a small amount of lace fentanyl is enough to kill anyone who comes into contact with it. Uh, and, and that's the article... Uh, that uh, the first thing that I wanted wanted to share and stuff, I know it wasn't talking about uh, about uh, what you had said about the churches. I hadn't heard that, but but I thought that that was uh, uh, very uh, interesting also. So if you see, you know, someone may have a, a ten dollar bill or whatever bill, don't pick it up, especially if okay. you're in Tennessee. Okay, so fentanyl that's one of the great opioid uh, problems we're having in the nation right now. That's all over the news. Uh, the, yes. the opioid that is the fentanyl, right? And I was just told that yes. uh, they're actually killing people in hospitals uh, using fentanyl that they no longer want to treat, and so they're just putting them out, using that stuff, sending them away. Mm-hmm. Is it, Even it, in the it hospital, is, it, it is wild. That this, but now tying into what you were saying about, uh, of course, Jane's revenge. Uh, my next article was Jane's revenge plans. A Roe versus Wade reveal night of rage, they're calling it, carrying that anger out into the world, expressing it physically. This is from Breitbart. It says the group Jane's Revenge posted its plans on the Anarchist Library website at the end of last month in expectation of the ruling expected sometime this, this month. Uh, and they gave some excerpts from the manifesto. This is an event that should inspire rage and millions of people who can get pregnant, and yet the response thus far has been tepid. We have agonized over this apparent absence of indignation. Why is it that we are so afraid to unleash H-E-double-L upon those who are destroying us? Fear of state repression is valid, but this goes deeper than that. Whatever form your fury takes, the first step is feeling it. The next step is carrying that anger out into the world and expressing it physically. Consider this your call to action. And then that's what they said, but, but, but then they have in, uh, in bold, your anger has been stolen from you. We need the state to feel our full wrath. We need them to be afraid of us. On the night the ruling is issued, they say, a specific date we cannot yet predict, but we know is arriving imminently. We are asking for courageous hearts to come out after dark. Whoever you are and wherever you are, we are asking for you to do what you can to make your anger known. We have selected a time of 8 p.m. for actions nationwide to begin. But now that this is a general, but now, I'm sorry, but know that this is a general guideline. There may be other considerations involved in planning time and place. We do not claim to speak for every community or crew. We are simply calling out to you, and we hope you answer our cries. The manifesto says that if there are any 
uh, cis males, allies who want to take part, okay, but do not police us. Do not tell us what is and isn't appropriate. The manifesto ends by saying, to those who work to oppress us, if abortion isn't safe, you aren't either. We are everywhere, end quote. And um, that was from an article, James Revenge Plans Roe versus Wade Reveal, what they call a night of rage. Yeah, and that's absolutely phenomenal because they are the same organization that less than a week ago uh, called everybody to get out there and do their worst against uh, the conservative Christian movement, targeting pro-life clinics and churches that support them. And so this is a declaration of war, and Homeland Security is very slow in this. The FBI's had to be encouraged by senators, state senators like Tom Cotton. They demanded Merrick Garland to get involved in this issue and start searching it out. But here you have a domestic terrorist organization threatening citizens of the United States of America, and the left is only concerned about Donald Trump, uh, January 6th, Proud Boys, this, that, and the other thing. And nobody knows who this organization is, and they're so slow because, remember, in 2020, 2021, while they were burning cities down, they were telling police, stand down, stand back, don't do it. Let them vent their anger and their rage. Is this going to happen again? It reminds me of a movie out there, Pastor Jeff. I never saw it, but it talked about it. The movie was about one night of everybody just going crazy. You remember that? They allowed yeah, it to that happen. Movie was called The Purge. The Purge, that's right. Is, is this actually happening? Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, it, it is unbelievable. I mean, uh, I'm not sure, so I don't want to. I don't want to just say for sure, but I don't. But I thought I had heard also that part of the James Revenge Group was part of what's going on up in the here in the D.C. area. A couple of weeks ago, you know, there was there uh, there were protests outside of the Supreme Court Justice's house, and uh, uh, I I I, uh, I think they supported that at least. Um, and I know that the person uh, or persons who were um, attempting to uh, do harm to one of the justices, they, they were apprehended. I mean, they were caught. And um, But as you stated, right. you know, yeah, none, of the, none, of the, none of the Democrats or none of the uh, to the right, um, uh, I mean, to the left, none of them were coming out saying anything about it. You know, there's <laughs> – hey – they just, it just kind of just goes over your, over their heads, and you know, n- no one came out and said, "Well, that's wrong," or "We need to protect the justices," or, or, or you know, uh, "It's gone beyond peaceful protests or anything." I mean, you know, they yeah. they they, uh, they said and did nothing. Absolutely right, and so we have a fentanyl crisis, an opioid crisis, a drug addiction going on in our world today. So many, many people, whether it's through prescription drugs or whatever, are kind of trying to black out of this whole situation. Now you have a group called uh, James Revenge, and you have to imagine that if this group is wanting to bring this kind of terror and violence, that the other groups from 2020, 2021, whoever they are, that were uh, useful to burning down cities and striking violence, probably would be a part of this or joining together of these forces so we have an internal revolution because they've targeted the citizens of America who are pro-life and more conservative. Uh, they've targeted churches and so on. So we're really talking about an internal revolution, aren't we? Yeah, we are. And, of course, the bad part about it is, <laughs> you know, where the the, uh, the church, 
I believe, of course, should be praying an article, the, the next article, which uh, kind of gives credence to like, well, a lot of what you've said in the past where the church is going around saying revival, revival, listen to this. No end times revival, as shocking new poll shows Americans who believe in God, has dropped to the lowest level since 1944. Whatever happens, the article says, to all those charismatics who told us that the, quote, end times revival was coming and that God was going to conduct the end times wealth transfer from the wicked to the righteous. Something else happened instead. The percentage of Americans who say they believe in God has dipped to the lowest number in the past nearly 80 years, according to a new Gallup poll published this past Friday. The values and belief poll conducted from May 2nd to the 22nd showed 81% of people answered that they believe in God. However, that is down six percentage points from the 87% of respondents who said they believed in God just five years ago in the 2017 poll. This year is the lowest percentage in Gallup's trend since the public opinion polling company first asked the question in 1944. This year's poll found 17% of Americans said they do not believe in God. And they ended the article quoting Psalm 53.1, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. Amen. It's true. Absolutely true. So, so we have a declining belief system in the nation. We have an opioid crisis. We have uh, domestic terrorism wanting to make war with citizens of this country. And you have a waning of uh, faith and belief in God. And, you know, what does that spell? It's like a soup being put together. Uh, It's certainly a lot of witchcraft involved in doing that. Um, I need to say something, just a quick interjection, then you pick it up. Um, I need, uh, Brother Don, if you're out there, I've been trying to contact you, and I know your phones have been absolutely shut down, but I want to make sure uh, Brother Don is okay. So if anybody has inside access, or Brother Don, if you could contact me sometime later on today, I'd really appreciate it. I'm trying to contact uh, our dear friend who's been joining us, and he had some real issues where they wouldn't uh, uh, allow for his phone to go active or something to that effect. And I'd really like to reach out to that. So go ahead, Pastor Jeff. Uh, continue on. Um, well, no, I, what, I just wanted to quick, quick. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go, please. No, I was just. I mean, I think you're you're really laying it out good. We're kind of like looking at that at this. We're not doing it, but we're seeing how everything is building upon you know, uh, uh, brick by brick, line upon line, precept upon precept, as the word said. How 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 this whole <laughs> thing is playing out and and the need that that last point i made from that last article you know we're in a we're in a situation in a world where our our, our prayer initiative should be increased our our trust and belief in god and jesus christ should be uh at an all-time high and and ironically it's at a low more and more people are or or rather less people are believing in God and, and, you know, who knows what they're turning to, to either other religions or no religion. As I, uh, I think they even call a group now the nuns, that's N-O-N-E-S, who, who declare, I have no, no belief in anything. And if 
if, if if not now, when? Because we see how things are just deteriorating. Uh, my next couple of group of articles is uh, ha, uh, is about the uh, the LGBTQI element OP uh, whole thing that's going on. Um, last week, well, Biden fires culture wars salvo with big days of lot LGBTQIA plus celebration. And it's talking about, this was from um, MSN, it says, my message to all the young people, just be you. This is uh, Biden talking at the White House. He says, you are loved, Biden said to cheers, quote, again, I want you to know that as your president, all of us on this stage have your back. We have your back. Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and several cabinet members, including openly gay transport Secretary Pete Buttigieg joined hundreds of cheering representatives from the LGBT community in the White House East Room to celebrate Pride Month. Biden signed an executive order aimed at providing federal support on a variety of rights in the LGBTQ community that the White House sees as under attack from Republican state-level leaders, especially in Florida, where potential presidential candidate Governor Ron DeSantis has put combating, quote, woke culture at the heart of his agenda. The executive order addresses what they call, quote, discriminatory legislative attacks against LGBTQI plus children and families, directing key agencies now to protect families and children. It seeks to prevent so-called conversion therapy, boost health care programs against, against youth suicide, support LGBTQ foster families, and protect against homelessness in the community. The high-profile intervention by Biden aimed to counter an onslaught of hateful legislation that we're seeing in the states, a senior official told reporters. So they had a big celebration, I guess, a few days ago, uh, celebrating uh, Pride Month. And, you know, you can't cut on the TV or without seeing, you know, some of the TV uh, programs and network logos and everything. It's lit up with the Pride colors and the different commercials and stuff. So he just passed, uh, just signed an executive order giving more rights specifically just to that community. You know, Pastor Jeff, with this kind of information, and it's true, anybody could see the transgender movement right now is very powerful, and they've got their back all right in more than one way at the White House. There's no doubt about that. So the promotion of these things, again, and again, the opioid crisis, we have domestic terrorist threats against the church. There was a uh, woman, I guess, in uh, Mike Adams' program, you may be bringing this up, that was shouting, 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 swearing and cursing, that the reason why the gas prices are so high and they have to make a decision between buying food or gas is because of the Christians, the conservatives, the, the, the right wing uh, and that was an outcry. And so it's not only people losing their faith in God, but actually blaming people who follow God, namely the Judeo-Christian ethics of a uh, once moral people that maintain a faith in Jesus Christ, a faith in the Holy Spirit, a faith in the kingdom of God. They're now being spoken as the enemy. And again, this is swirling around, and I wonder what it's going to take to wake up the churches you know, I was talking to Pastor uh, Kevin Honeycutt yesterday, and during COVID, he kept his doors open. He was telling people what was coming. They laughed at him. They mocked at him. They, they came against him so many different ways. And now they're getting death threats in their letters, and everybody's, oh, what are we going to do? We better call the authorities. I'm telling you, the authorities are not always going to be on the side of the people 
that are, you know, doing what is right. We just witnessed that for a year and a half. Um, it's just, what is it going to take to wake up the church to this reality? That's a, like that old show, that, that's a $64 million question, man. I mean, I personally, I don't really want to say, but, if you know, if my feet were put to the fire, unfortunately, I think it's going to have, something is going to have to happen. You know, like, for example, you just said the, uh, the, uh, some of the pastors, or, or not the pastors, people are calling Pastor Honeycutt, and now what, what is causing them to do that? Fear. You know, and it, it, it's like I believe that even, the, even a lot of people who are Christians in the body of Christ, and I say this lovingly, they are so caught up with culture that they've forgotten about and taken their eyes off of what they've been taught in many cases, the principles, the, uh, the biblical foundations, uh, the word of God. They're more culture conscious than they are Christ conscious. They're more culture centered, Christ centered. And I really mean that. I know people who you can, you know, you can tell them, you can preach to them and they say, yes, pastor. Oh, I believe it. But as soon as they get from around you, they cut on that boob tube and they listen to, uh, 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 the world's pastors and prophets, and I won't name them, but the, the well-known people who are on these networks, you know, it's like the networks are their pulpits, and the, many of the church people listen to that, and fear comes up on them, and, or, or, or it forms their, their belief system because they believe what those networks say, more so than believe in the word of God. You should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we hear those scriptures, but, do, but, but, but people aren't, to me, meditating on it, studying it. I was t- teaching about that recently. You know, you've got to meditate on the word of God. You need to memorize the word of God. You need to study the word of God. You need to get into, the, into a place of intimacy before the Lord, fasting and praying and doing those biblical principles. But we are so caught up. You know, with what's going on in the world and the culture that we've taken our eyes off of Jesus, and that's what I believe. And so, I don't want to, you know, you, you know, a disaster to happen. But but you talked about how the lights out scenario. Maybe that has to happen. Maybe maybe once once things start happening like that, people will run and repent and seek God. But it may be too late. Yeah, it may be, and it's getting that way. And those who have heard, kind of like what Jesus said in uh, you know 2,000 years ago to his generation, when you see these things begin to come to pass, flee to the mountains, get into the wilderness, go into the desert, wherever you need to be. Uh, he made it specific. When you see these things, you need to go. Those who did survive the storm and were able to carry on the message to a future generation. And for Christians today to be standing around, looking around, Uh, watching and hearing all these different things. You know, this letter that was sent to the churches in Tennessee included, if you go to church this weekend, we will shoot your women, your men, your children, and your babies. Uh, The letter was very threatening. Um, And again, this is happening uh, in our country. This is happening against the churches. And the churches, you have to ask the question, what are are the churches going to do to respond? You've just become targeted. 
you are getting a target on your back. This is the general population of Christianity today, organized religious systems. And I'm thinking that those who have heard the word of the Lord have long ago begun their process um, out of, um, you know, the places that are, are targeted. So uh, very powerful, you know, moment here in, in what's swirling. What else do we have, Pastor Jeff? Well, I just want to quickly, if I could add about that, I think, you know, of course, we, we quote the, the scripture in Timothy, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that's what I'm saying. You know, God allowed this uh, uh, article, and you have it on the screen, security warning, churches are rising attack, for, uh, rising target for attack. My thing is the church needs to mobilize now. So my thing is, you know, God has allowed us to see this. God has given the church power, the power to use the name of Jesus, the power to, uh, to, 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 to declare and decree the blood of Jesus, our weapons, the word, the name, the blood. And we're not doing that. You know, I'm not saying everybody's not, but as a whole, coming together. You know, my thing, you don't need a lot of people. You just need a few. To, to me, for what God has shown me, the biblical example, you know, with uh, 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 Gideon. Gideon had too many, too many, too many people. So God get, told him to, t- uh, to have the lap test, and those that didn't do the lap test correctly sent them back home. And Gideon finally ended up with 300 people, 300 mighty men to fight a big army. So I'm not saying push people away who said they want to pray, but God is saying I, I just need a few, a uh, few faithful, effective people who would do what He says to do. And I, I mean, it's beyond saying it's praying time. We need to be praying. We need to be taking authority. You know, we need to be looking at biblical examples like uh, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, you know. So it, let the church be the church. You know, forget yeah. us talking about, is this person going to run in 2024? We may not even be here in 2024. We may not even yeah. be an election. We need to, the church needs to mobilize, not to protest, but to prostrate before God. That's how I see you know, it. It's yeah, the, Pastor I'm Jeff. Sorry, go and, ahead. And, that's okay. I just want to I just want to balance out what you're saying and, and and absolutely you go back to the early church. You go back to, you know, the book of Acts. You go back to Jesus when he had the first foundation of the church, the disciples that he was training up and the multitudes that came to him during that time. And the church in 70 AD had the same authority, it had the same power, it had the same ability to bind and rebuke, and they knew spiritual warfare big time. Um, and yet, when the time came that Yeshua warned them of, they fled. They knew it was time to go, that all the praying in the world wasn't going to stop anything. Why? Because judgment had been decreed upon Jerusalem. I mean, Jesus wept over that city and that nation, and that, that time of judgment had come. And when a nation comes to a time of judgment, and it's where, where God has authorized it, all the praying in the world, I mean, he told Jeremiah, do not lift up a prayer for this people. I will not hear you. And what we need to discern right now, I mean, we pray, you, you pray. We're, you know, a lot of people pray. They haven't been maybe as serious in their prayers as before, but we understand our spiritual authority. We understand prayer. And yet, America is being judged. 
And God has been warning this nation for a very long time about the judgment. And so our prayers are more focused on the church being awakened and navigated and having a sense of ability to navigate through the storm that's here. But there are multitudes that are going to get caught in the trap. There's no doubt about it because they're not seeing things from God's perspective. So what do you say about generations from 70 A.D. on when the church has been always in the earth, but there comes that moment where he calls them out, and rather than battling and fighting and trying to save their country, um, there's a recognition, hey, the judgment of God, the finger of God, the hand of God is now raised against this nation, and the protective hedge is gone, and you need to respond accordingly. How do you draw the line between those two um, you know, positions. Well, while you were talking, I was thinking there. I, I mean, I agree that is. I, I don't see the revival piece in the in uh, in the equation. I think you've said that before. There are a lot of churches and, and people and and groups and pastors and evangelists and prophets or whatever they're saying well we, we it's going to be a revival it's, it's whatever but i agree also that the judgment of of god is upon this country not really the world but but we're talking america about america when you've got people even just the articles i've read for so uh so far when you when you see with james revenge and those groups you see biblically that's you could equate that with lawlessness. Would you agree? Agree. A spirit Absolutely. of lawlessness. Mm-hmm. When you see that uh, you have the LGBTQ movement, well, people say, "Well, you're talking hate." No, I love uh, people. I don't hate anyone. Sure. But let's just say, but however, what they, their belief system and what they believe in and stand for is totally contrary to what God says. And my my heart hurts, Pastor, because I see many Christians, pastors, some, the church is not standing up and calling wrong, wrong, evil, evil, and good, good. They're calling good, evil, and evil, good. So my prayer is not that the judgment is, you know, I, my, my prayer would be, God, hold, hold back your wrath. Hold, we repent, and, I'm, you know, I repent and intercede on behalf of the country. But I, my thing is a lot of church people, a lot of us Christians, some of they don't even know the truth. They don't know what's going on. They, they're, they're looking at it, well, what's wrong with uh, this group having rights? What's wrong with Disney doing this. What's wrong? And if you don't call wrong wrong, eventually it's going to manifest. And there's going to raise up a generation that doesn't know God. You know, you just, I mean, there's there's so much, I guess the word I could use, there's so much complacency, acceptance Mm. of not people, but acceptance of what the world is doing as as it relates to what does the word of God say? Because I always try to take back take it back to what what is what does the Bible say? And and over twenty seven years as pastoring, I've always asked the congregation, 
It's not about what Jeff says or what Jeff feels. Not about me getting in my feelings. As a pastor, I'm supposed to feed the flock and so forth and rightly divide the word of truth. So if we agree that the Bible is the word of truth and that we're going to stand on the truth, the truth will make us free. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. All that about truth. So I can't, I can't get into my feelings because of what I feel may not, be, may not line up with the, uh, with the word of God and the truth of God because we know his word is true. You know, so Amen. my pr- the, the last thing, my prayer is, as you were saying that, when, uh, to teach the people that I pastor and, and I would share with other Christians, we need to be praying for some D words. We need to be praying for God's discernment. We need to be praying for direction. We need to be praying against deception. And we need to be praying that we make right and godly decisions. I love it. Yes. Very good. I love that. <laughs> the D words. I love the D words. All right. So with that being said, let's move on to the next article because of our time. We've got about 15 minutes. What else do you have to share with us? Okay. Quickly to put a bow on, on, on an, again about why we need to pray. Uh, if we feel that this, the LGBT movement is wrong and, 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 and not godly, put it that way, uh, uh, quickly, I won't read the whole article, but it says the LGBTQIA plus Christian church now has their own, and this is their words, queer hymnal. They've got a queer hymnal, Songs for the Holy Other. And the article says that makes God a sinner and a liar. A queer affirming hymnal called Songs for the Holy Other is helping LGBTQIA plus Christians. I didn't even know that that was whatever. But anyway, keep the faith. And uh, the whole article talks about... uh, how they feel, and so they started the LGBTQ plus uh, uh, church, Christian, they call it Christian church that affirms uh, their own hymnal, and, and they've got their own songs. So, and the, the last piece on this article, as if you needed another, this, this is what the, uh, the article, this is the, uh, the titling of this article, as if you needed another reason to stop watching professional football, the NFL has begun the process of hiring transgender cheerleaders. The Carolina Panthers now hire the first openly transgender cheerleader in the NFL. Wow. Wow. It, it's, you know, that's, that's insane. Go ahead. That's insane. It's heartbreaking. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm lost for words. Um, so I'm going to put that in <laughs> Yeah. So let's... let's that, so let's look at it this way just for a moment, okay? And, and again, this is, this is serious-minded, even though that's insanity that's going on. Um, you know, the people under the altar in the book of Revelation are crying out, how long, O oh Lord, how long until you avenge our blood, right? And God said that when people or nations uh, act like Sodom and Gomorrah did, here's what's going to happen. They're going to get the same reward. And the reward of Sodom and Gomorrah was incineration. They were blown to oblivion. And you wonder, okay, Lord, you've got these children that are being forced into transgenderism. You've had 50 years of mass murder of innocent blood through abortion. You have this homosexual movement. You have churches capitulating to it. 
The environment is rank. You have terrorism. You have a people that are stoned on opioids, and most of the church gets their opioids through sports or some other, you know, uh, venue on Christian TV or the news media, whatever. Uh, They're tempered by what they hear man say. And yet the Word of God, the raw data of the Word of God, is declaring that this exact environment, this exact environment is going to draw the wrath of God. And God could draw his wrath. He could bring his wrath through the Assyrians, the Babylonians. He could bring it through James' revenge. He could bring it through Russia, China, North Korea, uh, Islamic terrorism, uh, domestic I mean, this is all set up right now for disaster. And yet the the people are, are thinking to some degree, well, how can we avert the disaster? How can we turn this away? And I and I have a message by the Spirit of God and by the Word of you cannot turn this moment away. It has been growing and increasing and growing and increasing while the prophets out there were saying peace and safety, it's all gonna be okay, everything's gonna turn around. And there are multitudes of people today still believing. It's all going to turn around for good. And the reality is it will never, it cannot, God has spoken, do not pray for this people, for I will not hear their prayers. In other words, it's marked for disaster. So we got to get out of the giddiness and, you know, this is crazy and insane and it's so sad that this is happening and position ourselves away from, well, it says in Revelation chapter 18, come out of her lest you become a partaker of her judgment. So, Pastor Jeff, I mean, these articles, you would think if you read these five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, you people would think you were insane. But this is happening now. This is normal in this wicked society. Your final thoughts, we've got 11 minutes left. If you have another article, take it away. But let's just kind of, you know, put this in its proper place. What do people do with this information? Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, sometimes it seems like you're finishing about statements or I'm finishing yours. You were saying about the normalcy. You know, years ago people said, this is a normal. But now what, 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 shouldn't, what we all should consider not to be normal, the majority of people are saying normal. In my last article, it, it says the U.S. is quietly negotiating a deal that would transfer power of straits of Tehran to Saudi Arabia, pushing Israel closer to two-state solution via the Abraham Accords. Uh, And it talks about, I'm going to give you an overview because as I wrap this one up, it says the Biden administration has been quietly mediating among Saudi Arabia, Israel, and Egypt on negotiations that, if successful, could be a first step on the road to the normalization of relations between Saudi Arabia and Israel. But also, as you go and delve into the whole article, they're looking at the two-state solution to divide the land. And, um, you know, I pulled up an article I had from December of 2016, and I've shared this with the congregation some a, a few years ago and some other people. And the article is very interesting about this dividing of the land of Israel, you know, the land that God gave mm-hmm. Israel mm-hmm. is not to be divided. The article says 10 times, and this was up through 2011, so it could be more than 10 times now, but they've got 10 examples of 10 times God has hit America with a major disaster after the U.S. attempted to divide the land of Israel. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, 
the following are ten of the most prominent examples that stand out to me. This was, and this is remember, this was from 2016. The the author wrote the the uh, number one. The last time the U.S. government refused to veto an anti-Israel resolution at the U.N. Security Council was in 1979. On March of 79, the Carter administration chose not to veto U.N. Resolution 446. So what happens? Four days after that, on March 26. The Egypt-Israel peace treaty was signed in Washington. As a result of that treaty, Israel gave up a tremendous amount of territory. Two days later, March 28th, the worst nuclear power plant disaster in U.S. history made headlines all over the globe. That was the Three Mile Island accident in uh, Pennsylvania. It was the most significant accident in the U.S. commercial nuclear power plant history. Secondly, on October 30th, 1991, President George H.W. Bush opened a Madrid peace conference, which brought Israelis and Palestinians together to negotiate for the very first time. In his opening speech, Bush told Israel, territorial compromise is essential for peace. At the exact same time, the perfect storm was brewing in the North Atlantic. This legendary storm traveled 1,000 miles the wrong direction, sent 35-foot waves slamming directly into President Bush's home in Kennebunkport, Maine. Number three, August 1992, the Madrid Peace Conference moved to D.C. The very next day, Hurricane Andrew made landfall in Florida, causing $30 billion in damage. It was the worst natural disaster up to that time in U.S. history. Number four, in January of 94, President Clinton met with President Assad of Syria to discuss the possibility of Israel giving up the Golan Heights. Within 24 hours, the devastating Northridge earthquake hit Southern California, the second worst natural disaster up to that time in history. Number five, January of 1998, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu arrived at the White House but received a very cold reception. In fact, President Clinton and Secretary of State Madeleine Albright actually refused to have lunch with him. That exact same day, the Monica Lewinsky scandal broke, sending the Clinton presidency to a tailspin. Number six, on September 28, 1998, uh, Secretary of State Albright was working on finalizing a plan which would have given, which would have had Israel to give up 13% of Judea and Samaria. On that precise day, King George slammed into the Gulf Coast with gusts of wind up to uh, uh, up to 175 miles per hour. Number seven, on May of 1999, Palestinian President or leader Yasser Arafat was supposed to hold a press conference. To, de to declare the creation of a Palestinian state with Jerusalem as the capital. On that same day, the most powerful tornadoes ever recorded in the U.S. ripped through Oklahoma and Kansas. At one point, one of the tornadoes actually had a recorded wind speed of 316 miles an hour. I've got two more, three more. On April of, 20, of 2003, the roadmap to peace that had been developed by the so-called quartet was presented to Israeli Prime Minister Ariel Sharon by uh, U.S. Ambassador Kurtzer. Over the next seven days, the U.S. was hit by a staggering 412 tornadoes. It was the largest tornado cluster ever recorded up to that time. Last two, in 2005, President George W. Bush convinced Israel it was necessary to remove all the Jewish settlers out of Gaza, turn it over entirely to the Palestinians. According to the New York Times, the very last of the settlers were evacuated on August 23, 2005. Guess what? On that precise day, a storm that would be given the name Katrina started forming over the Bahamas. 
the city of New Orleans still is not fully recovered from the damage that storm caused, and it it ranked as the costliest natural disaster in all of U.S. history up to that time. And lastly, on May 19, 2011, Barack Obama told Israel that there must be a return to pre-1967 borders. Three days later, three days later, May 22nd, a half-mile-wide EF5 multiple vortex tornado ripped through Joplin, Missouri. And according to Wikipedia, it was the costliest single tornado in U.S. history. So dividing the land is not a good idea. No, it's not a good idea. And uh, that that is very rich in in commentary. I have to do this or I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. I've got a call coming in that wants to talk with us. So let us bring this number, 858-864-8712 onto the line, and I believe this is Patricia Joy Xavier, the author of the book Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights, and my beloved wife. Patricia, you have something strong in your heart. What would you like to share? Yes, it's been a great program, and thank you, Pastor Jeff, for coming on and revealing, revealing the truth of what's going on right now with many details that a lot of people miss. So I give you the honor and God the thanks for it. But there is something I wanted to present that we should begin to really look into, and that is that God had a plan that judgment would start in the house of God. And that's exactly what we are seeing at this time. Judgment is hitting the church and starting in the house of God. And what is his plan for that? Well, I believe he revealed to me that he is going to sift every church, every group that call upon his name and call themselves Christians as to whether or not they will truly submit to him as the body of Christ. And why is he doing that? Because he is searching for his remnant, his elect in this moment in time to stand unmovable and they are the only ones that will and they will in time go into their place and shut the door as the whore moves through now another thing to realize is that not only are they going to be judged the church of god the house of god first but after the completion of that that's when the rest of the country will be judged severely, and it will happen. That's why we're to come into our chambers and close the door at that point. And so we are looking at this plan being revealed, and we're not to get, I think, moved by what we see even in the people that claim to be Christians, because lest he does do what he's doing right now, the remnant, the pure, the the body, the the uh, woman who is his bride will not be seen or understood or known, or his army, as I mentioned yesterday, or his elect or the manifested sons that are ready to be manifested. So I just wanted to bring that forth. Excellent, Patricia Joy. Uh, excellent points. Any any thoughts to what you just heard, Pastor Jeff? 
Uh, no, I, I, the only thing I would say is, hey, yeah, yeah, and amen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree. Uh, I feel like um, I, I sometimes I feel I tell my wife that and she knows I feel like uh, Jeremiah the the weeping prophet. I mean, I'm, I don't call myself a prophet, but I use that term uh, because judgment does begin at the house of God, and and it, as I said before, in my enthusiasm, it, it may come across and he's angry. I'm not angry at anything. I, I my heart weeps and breaks. That that many people don't see what we're sharing, you know they don't see it spiritually. You know they they think we're gonna get back to normal, everything is gonna be great. But God has a plan, just as a uh, uh, Pastor Patricia said, and and uh, I agree one hundred percent. I'm with Amen, Amen, Amen. Uh, as that song, the song to let the church say Amen, and that it, it is it is done. Uh, you've spoken. The Lord has spoken through you. Amen. That's all I say. Amen. Boy, what a great exclamation amen. point, right? Amen. So, uh, Patricia, great word here. I don't think there's anybody else calling in. I want to do something before I leave the broadcast today. I want to uh, share this real quick. If you're, everybody's hanging tight, I'm going to put this on play. Let's listen to this real quick. Cannot hear it. So I'm hearing that nobody's uh, actually hearing this, so I don't understand why that is. It, it was it was going through loud and clear. Um, you're not hearing. So, all right, we'll save that for later then. We'll do it another time. Pastor Jeff, sorry about that. Uh, it's just part of that article concerning the security warning that's going on in the churches today, and it's something else. Um, this is that moment that we're in, and this may be part of the judgment that Patricia brought up. So having said that, Pastor Jeff, a final word before we go today. Well, I just, uh, again, want to thank you all. As always, man, it's just a great honor and a, and a privilege to be on and to share. I, I, I love giving the information. Maybe it's just the journalist in me and the God, uh, the call that God has on me, but I, I enjoy giving people uh, information to help them uh, to, you know, to be able to discern and to rightly divide the word. Uh, the only thing I would say is I will continue to pray for, of course, you, Pastor, and your family, your wife, and, and, and this ministry. I pray that people will support this ministry uh, because we don't know how long we'll be on these platforms. Uh, pers- the persecution of the church and of the word of God, I believe, has started. And uh, so we need to support uh, ministries and platforms like this where where we are able to, to speak the truth because it's being censored everywhere. So I just continue to pray for you, and I thank you. And love being on and continue to 
uh, to listen to you, and I uh, pray that God continues to bless you and keep you with my prayer. Well, thank you for that, and I agree with what Patricia Joy said. Uh, we're honoring you as well for bringing this out. Um, you know, we have to keep hearing, and, and people's responses to what they're hearing are all going to be different, but I believe that the people that are listening today are hearing this, and it's got to, it's got to promote a question in the heart. It needs to promote a question in the heart of everybody hearing, what do I do with this information? Well, <clears throat> I, I look at it through a biblical lens, and I've come up with a determination. <clears throat> if this is a time of testing my own heart, and God is sifting, as Patricia Joy said, if God is sifting, and he's sitting as a refiner's fire, and he's testing the metal of every one of us who call upon his name to see if we're wood, hair, stubble, or we're gold, silver, and bronze, that's what's being determined right now. And so our response to these things has to be a proper response, the one God's looking for, because when he's through sifting and refining, he's going to have a pure and holy end-time remnant, a glorious church without spot and wrinkle called the Bride of Christ, and an army that is going to walk throughout this earth. What that looks like, how that comes about, we're going to leave it to the Lord. But for each one of us personally, what you heard today, let's take heed to it, understand it, respond properly to it. That's not with, ah, who cares? or I'm not interested, or I don't want to hear that, or I'm going to throw three scriptures out to under, undermine the whole thing. Pay attention. The church in America has been targeted for war. And it's not just coming from domestic terrorist groups like James Revenge or Antifa or BLM or any of these other <clears throat> terrorist organizations. They said Proud Boys was a terrorist organization. Church you're right in the middle of this. Believers, you're right in the mix of this. And now the church is being targeted. And you need to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. I'm Pastor Vincent Xavier. I've been with Pastor Jeff Bass today. He's poured out his heart in informing us. Tomorrow I'll be on the air with Brian and Kathy Gray, our friends from Tennessee. We're going to hear what they have to say about What's going on there? Pastor Jeff, thank you once again for joining me. God bless you, my friend. Shalom. All right. Having said that, folks, have a super blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow, and uh, we'll look forward to being with everybody. Thanks for tuning in. By the way, Pastor Jeff just gave an appeal for support. If you would be willing to support this ministry, there's a address, P.O. Box 100. You can mail in a gift or an offering, or you can send it to nwmglobal.org, nwmglobal.org. NWM stands for New Wine Ministry, global.org. And then, of course, you can actually text this on your phone, 41088-OMEGA. All, you know, all uh, numbers and letters consistent, lowercase letters, 41088-OMEGA. And then you type in the word give, you can give that way as well. Well, you could also go to our website at omegaradio.org. <clears throat> and I could say this, just in case anybody um, in the last, we'll just leave it there. That's where you could donate to the ministry. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow with bells on. Be safe. We love you. Keep your head in the heavens. Keep your mind on Christ. And be aware and be watchful of what's going on in the world today. <laughs>